The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is Eric Gray, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here, of course, with the Trash Man. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Um, sorry for being a day late. We're going to podcast this week on Wednesday and Thursday. Had some stuff to take care of yesterday that kind of got in the way of everything, but um, a lot of content to get a Trash Man. I can't believe it's only, what, starting tomorrow, it'll be three weeks before I leave for Kansas City for the NFL draft. Three weeks to the day. Are you going to stay with the in the animal house? Yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be a bunch of animals I'm staying with, dude. All the all the all the player profiler bros, man. So should be a good time. It'd be a bunch of good content coming out of there. We'll simulcast some of that stuff that I'm on. I think I'm going to be down there in Florida with Byron for that. Okay, well, I guess you got the you 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 guys will be, will be making fishing content. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um all right so uh, a couple things to a uh, couple things to get to here we're gonna break down uh eric gray we have a bunch of these prospect profiles to catch up on so we're just gonna go over those uh eric gray from oklahoma the running back izzy abanacanda from Pitt, the running back and zach charbonnet the running back out of ucla they all have intriguing uh, you know intriguing skill sets and they're all going to factor in at least to our top you know, our top tens, if not our top fives at the position, I'll, I'll be interested to hear where, where trash man kind of has some of these guys. But before we get into that, speaking of just how we stack up these positions, how we stack up these players, I haven't had a chance to talk to trash man since the TCU uh, pro day last week where I was there to watch Quentin Johnston and to some degree kind of get some information on Kendra Miller. And I was, you know, trash man, you had Quentin Johnston ranked as your number one wide receiver in this class, even over Jackson Smith and Jigbo, which I've always thought was wrong. Um, now, with Quentin Johnston going and running basically what was a 4-5-3 and a 4-5-0 oh by the scouts times. So we probably have to adjust that to a 4-5-5, 4-5-8 as far as his 40. Um, he had the bad three cone 
what the 17th percentile three cone. I think it was, you know, we, we tweeted out, you know, the, the, the videos of those three cones, they did not look good. Um, very DK Metcalf ish to them. Not that it hurt Metcalf. Right. So, but, um, I mean, and that's what I'm saying with this guy. He's like, no, no, wait, no, 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 no. Let me just, let me just say the rest. Let me say the rest. He, he also, he like his hands are like, I worry about his hands after that pro day, dude. I really worry about his hands. And you know, that was something on his profile that we said, if he can correct at the NFL level, um, you know, we, we, it's a part of his profile that maybe I wasn't thinking enough about saying like, oh, no, he'll, he'll get that under control. He really did have some drops in that pro day. And, and some of those balls were balls that Duggan put right on him. I mean, they were deep balls. He had to track them. You know, I probably wouldn't have caught it. I would have I would have fallen down and lost my shoes and everything else. Right. But, you know, for a guy that wants to be a first round NFL wide receiver and for a guy who you have as your number one prospect in the class, I. You know, I, I I worry a little bit about that. Do you still think that? I mean, are you are you still going to die on this Quentin Johnston Hill? I mean, over Jackson Smith and Jigba. I okay. So part of my evaluation, part of how I rank these two, is based on how I think a team will use them, will implement them in the NFL at the next level, and. I still think that Quentin Johnson projects to be more of your number one, you know, X receiver at the next level. More so than in Jackson, you know, Smith and Jigba. I like, and like you said, I mean, like, like it was Metcalf, like Johnson, he's just a Metcalf type of. He's not as big. He's not as he's not as freaky. He's not as he's no, not. No, as, I mean, well, no one's quite like DK Metcalf. He's scared. To, I mean, he's scared to Metcalf, run his three cone. Metcalf's a once in a generation type of. The scouts had to talk so, him into running a short shuttle. I just, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm cool I mean, off I, on QJ, I think, man. Like, I don't know. Off. Yeah, a player of his, of his size and stature, and 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 this far removed from the season too, and what he's doing, I just. It's not that – it's not that – it, it doesn't break the bank for me. I don't but know. It, but it, but it, it, does break, it does break our rankings when you have him at number one and we have a consensus rankings where it's like no matter what happens, he's going to be our number two wide receiver. I'm not sure that I want him number two anymore. Byron's going to come in and – Byron's going to come in and um, – Who would you have o- over him at number two? Like, I, I'm, I, at, that, at, at this point, I want Zay Flowers more than I want Quentin Johnston. I mean, I'll have to go and look at more tape from both players, you know, not, you know, aside from just the highlights and see. If Jordan if I, Addison didn't weigh 173, you know. Yeah, like, I, I, mean, but, that's the, but that's the thing. But, there are all these. But, but, but he does. I get it. He, he does. You, you know, we, we can't change that. I just, to me, do you know what this really says to me? Quinn Johnson weighs damn 173. Josh Downs comes in. And no, how Addison. Does he weigh? You know, Josh Downs. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Jordan Addison comes in. He's 173. Josh Downs comes in. He's 171. You're like, you're like, well, shit, you know. One thing I will say about Quentin Johnson is he did run at 212. So it wasn't like he did this thing from the combine where he lost weight lost to go weight. run at the pro day. Um, and the thing is, too, you kind of have to – I mean, like – I, I I have to take pro days and even the combine with some grain of salt compared to what these guys did in season. I mean, we 
we've seen a body of work from Quentin Johnson. And and we use and we use these things to you know com- confirm or make us go back to the tape and look at things. And to me, Quentin Johnston has not confirmed anything through this process. He's made me question things and made me want to go back through the tape. And when I do, I look back at the original evaluation that says what well, we had worries about the hands and his hand. He looks like he did not have natural hands in that in, in that pro day. He just he just didn't. And if we're talking about a guy that's going to be a contested catch dude, who's going to like, obviously, we're not talking about a guy who at this point is going to you know, take the top off of a defense running a four, five, five. I just, to me, I, like it, 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 it's an extra puzzle piece and, it, and it, it, it's a check on the process. Right. But in this case, with what, what, what the signal that we're getting from this Quentin Johnston pre-draft evaluation process is, yeah, I mean, like there's some things that you need to go back and, and check about your e- evaluation. So I, mean, I just think that that's what you I mean, do. like what's it at worst is he, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones, who, could be the number one receiver on the Cleveland Browns. It's like a player of that size and stature, depending on where they are and how you use them, I think there's just more chance of him succeeding than a lot of those other Rob receivers in the NFL. Not more than Jackson Smith and Jigbo, who was well, the – I mean, that's the, that's the one that, you know, there's – so you're going to at least get him below Smith and Jigbo after all these questions. You're at least I mean, I feel like team. Byron – I feel like Byron will be the – but I want you to be true to your own rankings, and I know you have. I know you like Jason better, and you're just being a you're just being a, country, a, a contrarian trash man putting QJ over him. Let's just let, let's let's cr- fix that error, and you can have him at two, and I'll have him at four or five or wherever it is I have him. It probably won't be that low, because like I said, I mean, what am I going to do? But like get Josh Downs or o, o, over him? I think Zay Flowers is the one that I feel more comfortable about because he's he, only because he's got ten pounds on both of these guys. Right, so we can discuss it further, but little, little, little bug in your ear, trash man. Get JSN over Quentin Johnston, man. Don't, don't make this something where we all look dumb later on. Um, I, I mean, it, I don't think it would be that big of of a misstep, but let's get JSN over him in <laughs> in your personal rankings. I don't care what you do for the rest of them. Uh, and the other thing I just wanted to hit on before we get to these other evaluations. Um, I'm looking at the – so you updated on the 4th yesterday. You updated – but you did not write that you updated it like I always tell you to or ask you to, I should say. I'd, you're a grown man. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't tell you to do shit. Except what? put Jackson Smith and Jigfoot number one. <laughs> I, am, I, I, am, I am telling you that. I am telling you that. I, but, think, uh, Byron, is, is, I but, think Byron will put him over. Um, and then – so make sure to always – update the sheet to the day that you, you, whenever you updated it, just up there in the title. Um, just so people know. Okay. As I'm looking at it, I think the updates that you made are fine. I like what you did with Deandre Swift. I have one, I have one issue though. That's never been really, um, that's never stood out to me before. And I don't, I, I don't know why. So just let me ask you this question. Why do we have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave underneath Jalen Waddle and dynasty? I mean, should we? Yeah, I mean, based on what they've done so far, and if if you just look at last season, the only way that Jalen Waddle outproduced these guys is he just he he doubled them both up in touchdowns. I believe both Chris Olave and Garrett. How many touchdowns? Garrett and he did that with Tyree Kill opposite him. Well, he's going to have Tyree Kill opposite him for during during the whole time that Tua Tungavailoa is there, and then Mike McDaniel is the, is the coach. That's the way the offense has been built. 
I mean, with Tyreek Hill, was he 29, 30? Uh, how old is Tyreek? I think he's 28. Let me just see, though. So Tyreek Hill is – no, he'll, he's 28 now. He'll, he'll be 29 next year. But I mean, we're talking about two 25-year-old studs that are probably two of the best players in the league at the wide receiver position. And, and, so, and Waddle, a, if, if, if Tyreek Hill was not there, Waddle would have put up astronomical numbers. If, if 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 ifs and buts were candy and nuts every day. I mean, and Christmas. Michael Thomas is coming back to the Saints. Okay, so that might throw a wrench in the works for Chris. Olave. Well, let me throw that same thing back at you. Garrett how Wilson how is, old is Michael Garrett Thomas? Has some competition too. Yeah, but he's also getting Aaron fucking Rodgers. We think. But Aaron Rodgers is also getting his receiver from the Packers. Who sucks? Alongside with him. Well, like, I mean, there's no. We could have said the same thing that we, we, we could have said the same thing about you, you shouldn't like Christian Watson last year because, because Aaron Rodgers is getting Randall Cobb. Waddle's a G. We've seen it work. We've seen him at work. We've seen him execute. We've seen him. You would rather have a 25 year old Jalen Waddle than a 22 year old Chris Olave or a 22 year old Garrett Wilson? Man, if you have, if, you, if that's the case, trash man. In any of your dynasty, based on, no, based on based on their current situations, just right now, right now, then yes. Okay, I what mean, about for dynasty? When, when, Aaron, when, when Aaron Rodgers comes to the Jets, I'll make I'll make an adjustment. But like, well, that what about hasn't why didn't why didn't you adjust Chris Olave up when Derek Carr went to the Saints? He's there because because then Michael Thomas got. Resigned, and he's but Jarvis Landry won't come back, so that's about a tit for tat. I think Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave should 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 be over Jalen Waddle, and I don't know if that's consensus, but if it's anywhere close to consensus, we we should think about making that move. I'm not demanding it like I'm demanding you get JSN over. I mean, I'm 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 fine. I'm moving Wilson up when Rogers gets there, but that just hasn't happened yet, you know. And like, there's not a lot happening right now in free agency, so I can't make you know. I need to be calculating about the moves I make, you know, over the course of a week. But just to me, it just looks so wrong. I'm just like, dude, I would so much rather have Olave or Garrett Wilson at 22 years old than Jalen Waddle, an entrenched number two wide receiver with a little bit of a murky who, who, who performs better than most number ones. Right. But if if, if the touchdown stuff didn't happen last year. It, but it did. But he doubled both those guys up in touchdowns. Do you really think that that's, really that's going to continue? Well, yeah, why not? Jalen Waddle last year had 117 targets and 75 receptions for 1356 and eight touchdowns. Okay. I mean, that's- so Chris Olave had 119 targets, 72 receptions. It's basically the it's basically the exact it's like almost the exact same, but he only well, has four not. touchdowns. Garrett Wilson last year had 147, so more targets, more receptions at 83, but he only had the four touchdowns. That's the only difference. If you mean to tell me that guys like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson aren't going to regress to touchdown wise as, as true alpha number one, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying until a, a, a couple things I think have to happen before I'm moving those guys up. Right I can now. understand why you would have Waddle above him in redraft. I totally get it. And I know that that's your, the, the thing that you've been saying is that Garrett Wilson, we can't get him above the, we can't. Maybe above Amon Ross St. Brown, but not above Waddle. And you've always said never Waddle, never Waddle, never Waddle. And in redraft, I think that's fine, right? Because, we, like you said, the situation right now, well, we'll you know, right this instant. 
But for Dynasty, we know that both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, they were our number one and number two wide receivers in the class last year, one of our favorite classes that we've ever had. They're both in situations that are better. They're both in situations that are improving. They both were studs last year across all of the best metrics. Yards I mean, and you'd be saying run, the same like thing about Waddle if Waddle was actually – implemented in his program to the extent that he should have been i mean waddle was an amazing prospect he just i mean he was like a damian pearson that we just hadn't seen that much of let's let just another bug in the ear let's <laughs> let's get Greer wilson and chris olave above Jalen waddle and dynasty i mean i think it's bet i just feel like i feel like i'm talking on both sides of my mouth that i feel like this is so right this is absolutely what i do but my products on my website aren't aren't, aren't you know what i'm saying like we you would take you have a, you have a gun to your head in dynasty. You're you're not taking Garrett Wilson or Olave over Jalen Waddle, who's three years older. Like, I really think that we should move those guys up. It's, it's a bird in hand kind of thing, and just right now because Aaron Rodgers is not there. okay. Fine. You see, so you promise once Aaron Rodgers gets gets there, <laughs> Garrett Wilson and Olave get moved. Olave just gets moved up too for some reason. Okay, um, for for his for whatever sense that makes. Um, <laughs> All right. You do you want to talk about Eric Eric Gray first? All right. So Eric Gray, my thoughts. Um man, he's a guy that I've had on one of my Debbie squads for ever since the, the year that he transferred from Tennessee to Oklahoma. Um when I look at him, I, you know, he did not participate in, at the combine in a lot of the um in in, in a lot of the testing. Uh, what did he end up? What did he end up running? So he ran a four. It was the four six three, which was four miserable. five seven. It was a it was a four. Well, I mean, what was reported by NFL Network from that pro day was a four six three. Really? Yeah. Where did you get the four five seven? Just um, on Twitter or something? Yeah, it was a projected. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's a so he 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 ran a hand time four six three. Um which is miserable, right? I don't see him being that slow. I mean, we saw him at the senior bowl. He was an all senior bowl guy, um, a four-star prospect coming out in 2019. He's one of the better receiving backs in the nation, right? He, he ran 87 hand time for like one individual hand timed him at four, six, no, three. His bet, his best was four, six, three was the scout consensus. Um, and let me just look. There's a I I have the list of the pro day stuff here. Let me just make sure on that because that was something that I just saw reported on Twitter that one day. Let me just see. There's this database that gets kept up by this dude. Shout out at Alex Catston on Twitter. Um, he keeps a really good one here. And it looks like Eric Gray, he has his at a four six two. Okay, so four six two. It might be a four six two. I saw that the Seattle system was a four six three. Re- regardless, we're looking at a four a four six seven at the combine. So it's no wonder he didn't he didn't run. That's slow, right? It's not game breaking speed. It's definitely bringing me down. Someone Eric Gray from where I originally had him. Well, that was something um, I included in my initial evaluation was his lack of long speed. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that look, I. He's a he's a he's a really good he's one of the better pass catching backs, you know, that I've really seen in these last couple of years. I mean, he, he has he has he has he has really good hands. Like like Cody, our friend Cody Carpentier said at the senior bowl, really um really soft hands. 
just like a man who hadn't worked a day in his life. <laughs> just really, really soft. And like it, you could tell, man, like the way he – like he's he's the anti-Quentin Quentin Johnston, right? The balls don't slap off slap off his hands and make horrible noises that reverberate through the through the whole indoor facility. I mean, he's a really well-rounded running back. I mean, he can really do anything that you need that you ask from him. Um, he accelerates quickly, even though he isn't. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't possess game-breaking speed, unlike um, a couple of these other backs that do. But he's really instinctive. Great vision, works well in space, uh, just really well-rounded. He's five nine and a half, two hundred and ten pounds. For those who, for those who don't know, kind of the body size of Eric Gray. He's a, I mean, he's a, he's a compact guy. Devontae Freeman. My comp for him was: Do you, do you remember Kylan Hill? Now for the Packers. Yeah. He, he for some reason he, he he reminds me of Kylan Hill coming out. I like the way that he. I, I like the way. Um, I forgot what Colin Hill's pass catching profile was. I don't, th- I don't think he was 87 percentile target share, but I did like him in the All Star workouts catching the football. He he looked similar to me, and the 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 frame looks similar. Whenever you look at um, whenever you look at the comparisons, say from like mock draftable, one of them is J.K. Dobbins. It's an 89.4 percent match. I think For that. Yeah. I think that that's kind of, I just, I thought that that was interesting um, that, you know, fit just from a pure physical standpoint that they would uh, consider him to be a, a good comp based on the testing, but I feel like Dobbins a little bit bigger, but I, I ain't going to Yeah. I mean, Dobbins is a, he's a, he's a, he's a shade bigger. I mean, like Dobbins, the weight that they're using from the 20, from his 2022 would be, let's see. The weight they're using for him was no. I mean, dude, I can't believe this. J.K. Dobbins was only two hundred nine pounds. Yeah. So, um, not a lot of good. Com- I mean, there's a there's a Duke Johnson comp out there. I kind of maybe I, I, I maybe I I, I kind of like that better. Duke, Duke Johnson? Johnson. Yeah. For, I feel like Duke's more of a. Gray? I feel like he's more of a passing back than an. A gray. I feel like Gray's a great passing back. He just he he's. I mean, yeah, but, I mean, but that's pro. all that Duke Johnson is to me. Okay, well, I think Eric Gray could have a Duke Johnson kind of role. Right. Do you do you, do you love him between the tackles? I mean, I think he's I think he's solid between the tackles. That's why I compared it to like a Devontae Freeman. I mean, someone who is more compact, you know, ability to catch passes, but can get you the yards in between the tackles. Do you like him more than Tajay Spears? Um, let me see the metrics on Spears. I mean, Spears is smaller, much better forty, faster, and he's not that much smaller. Two hundred four compared to two ten. He's five nine and a half. He's got bigger ten, ten inch hands. He he did have the injury. He did have the he did have the the, the knee surgery on his on his record. I I'm I'm taking Ty, I, I'm taking Tajay Spears at this point over Eric Gray. To me, it's splitting hairs. Well, this is the in, in, in NFL evaluation. You got to split hairs. Who do you rather have? They're they're both out there. They're both available to you. Who are you taking? I'd probably take Spears. Okay. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. But both, but both these guys are in a different tier than where you have guys like Devon A. Chain, Roshan Johnson, these kinds of players. It's a different, it's a different stratosphere. I don't know if it's a different stratosphere, but maybe a, a different, different tier. tier. Okay. One guy that's in a different tier than even those guys, I think for me is Israel Abanacanda from Pittsburgh. Uh, he came out after a junior season, 5'11", 216. A small little eight and a quarter inch hands, but he ran a four four one at his pro day. Uh, so we'll adjust that up to a four four six and give him that. Um, really good production profile this year: forty eight percent market share of team uh, of team rushes, thirty uh, percent market share of team total scrimmage yards, and a forty nine percent market share of total team touchdowns. Only a five percent market share of team receptions, which is a little bit worrisome. Um, as far as his as far as his his profile there, we like guys that have you know not everybody's going to have a ten percent target share, but man, if that thing can creep up to seven eight percent, I feel a little bit more comfortable with it like that. I'll also say with those touchdowns, twenty one total scrimmage touchdowns last year it was it, it was interesting to me that thirty um, percent of his rushing touchdowns came against non power five competition. So maybe a little bit of something there to you know, think about is he, he did have, you know, a couple games versus, you know, he had four touchdowns in one game versus like New Hampshire or something like that. And then he got, got in a couple of times versus Duke and some other schools like this, but he has shown the ability to absolutely take over football games. He had the, the just, if you watch the game versus Virginia tech, 320 yeah, rushing 320 yards. yards. Yeah. Six touchdowns. I mean, he was one of the nation's most pro- prolific running backs in, in 2022. He had a 97 percentile dominator rating. Five foot eleven, two hundred sixteen pounds. Like I said, small little eight and a quarter inch hands. It's almost like the the way that he the 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 way that he runs, and just sort of the way that he plays. It it, it reminds it, me of Frank Gore. Do, do you know Gore? Huh. He's like Frank Gore shot out of a cannon. Well, I mean that would be a lot better. I mean, I he he he, he reminds me of Pacheco. He he reminds me of Pacheco. My my main deal with him is, look, he stepped into an offense that lost Kenny Pickett and that lost Jordan Addison to the transfer portal. Right, he became the driving force of that offense. Um, he absolutely carried the load. One of the nation's top running backs st- statistically. Um, he has absolutely proven production. He went for over 110 yards in all but two of his 2022 games. I mean. If you look at PFF, his numbers are like PFF in 2022 out of 251 running backs. He was 18th in PFF rushing grade. He was 13th in rushing over 10 yards. He did that 38 times. 17th in design rushing attempts over 15 yards. He did that 19 times. Sixth in rushing yardage on designed rush attempts. Um, 17th, oh, oh, sixth in designed rushing yardage um, over 15 yards for, with 631 yards and 15 in total first downs with 73. So, 
obviously prolific. He's a statistical, you know, monster, right? But if you just look at his style of play, for one, you know, his 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 um, three cone and stuff from the pro day, it's all perfectly perfectly normal, right? Even maybe a little bit good for a for a running back. But he doesn't really have functional lateral agility the way that I would like to see it. But you don't but, really need to see it. I mean, he's a one-cutting-up kind of guy. Well, he's a straight-line runner that reminds me of Isaiah Pacheco. He can hit the hole violently. I mean, I like that's completely true. And if he does and if he does that when he stays clean, it's off to the races. It's like see 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 you later. I mean, that's like he's a he's definitely a he's definitely a threat, right? With the football in his hands. You don't produce the way that he did last year without you know being without being that kind of you know athletic specimen. With that being said, it's like whenever whenever he gets to the second and third levels of the defense, it just feels to me like He's just not as elusive on tape as you would imagine based on just such gaudy production and um, the fact that he's just such a size speed like guy. Like he, he, if you look at his size, you look at his speed, you look at his production, you look at just how he looks. I mean, the guy looks like a million bucks. You think to yourself, well, geez, you know, this should be one of the top running backs in the class. There are just, there are just times from him wherever, you know, I, I look at it, I say, well, he didn't break out until his final year in college. Um, he's there wasn't much of a run mix at Pitt. It was mainly zone. He's not used as much as you'd like to see in the passing game. He drops too many passes. He has small hands. He needs to work in pass protection. Like there are just there are things like that that I just kind of worry about with Izzy Abanacanda. It sounds like uh, you know, and for fantasy, I think it's probably I think it's fine in dynasty to take him at the back end of like round two and one quarterback pre-NFL draft dynasty rookie drafts. I mean, I if, think you that's want, about, if you're looking I, for a back with upside. Yes, yes, I think it's there, right? Yeah. I think it's there. I mean, clearly it's there. I, I think that there are just things that scouts are going to pick apart about his game that, uh, you know, that I, I, that, that I see in his game. And I, I'm not sure he's going to get that day two draft capital, which doesn't always matter. If, I mean, look at Damian yeah. Pierce from, from last year. He, 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 he was a bit of an outlier, but – um. I, that's my take on him. I feel like a Banacanda is one of these guys. If you're the dynasty player who can, um, who can stomach just, you know, building a team of building a stable of running backs through, you know, the later rounds of your drafts and really building around just a, an elite uh, core of wide receivers based on those sort of prospect profiles. He's the kind of guy you can stack into one of those and hope that they pop. And like, th- I, I think that there's a decent chance that it, that it does. Yeah. It's just, I'm not a, you know, so do you like a Banacanda as much as you like Spears and gray? Do you like him more? I think he's more dynamic than both of them. Are you going to rank him ahead of those guys? I probably will. I think I, I think I'm uh, I think I might. I think I might too. I think I might too. Okay. Finally, let's talk about Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. And he's the one for me that I came out of this evaluation feeling much more differently than I did just from my initial review of just like watching highlights and stuff like that. Right. Once I sat down and watched the games, I saw – dude, Zach Charbonnet is good. 
He's good. He's a good. He's a good player. He reminds me of a uh, of a mix of Rashad White and David Montgomery. David reminds Montgomery me of Matt Forte. Okay, well that's a that's kind of like a David Montgomery Rashad White mix, except better. I mean, um, he's six foot, two hundred fourteen pounds, got giant, almost 10, 10 inch hands. Um, he was a he was a four star in twenty nineteen. Went to Michigan. Broke out as an 18-year-old at Michigan, then in Michigan. They were one of the Big Ten schools that shut everything down for COVID. So they didn't – I even forgot what they did up there. Like, they did, what did they do? They played like three games or something. Mm. Once, like, once everybody else started playing, they are like, oh, shit. Like, I, I, I guess we got to play. So I think they played the end of the season. Charbonnet gets out of there, goes to UCLA, and it's just been good. He led the nation in 2022 for all-purpose yards per game, 168 per game. Um, ran for at least 100 yards in eight of 10 games in 2022. He's a Doak Walker semifinalist. He's got absolute feature back size. He has the, I'm not sure he's got the best vision in this class because Bijan Robinson's in, in, in this class, but he's so very decisive and intentional with what he's doing. Um, three, three, absolute three, three down skill set. Uh, we talk about Eric Gray being 87th percentile target share. We're talking a, a 93rd percentile target share here for Zach Charbonnet. Um, He's excellent at surviving first contact, both as a runner and a receiver. Which and Rashad just, White is not. Well, Rashad White had just the had the receiving excellence on his profile coming in, though, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but he's not the tough finisher that Charbonnet is. You know what I'm saying? Like he's the he's and just the way that Charbonnet is just so flexible. Charbonnet goes out and runs routes, right? And he, yeah. he's flexible, framing the ball, like catching it outside his frame, like you know, getting in weird spots and getting upfield somehow. Um, he's just, he just, he, he he has this natural inclination to fall forward. He, he's a, as far as if you look at PFF, he can convert, he converted seventy eight point four percent of his carries with three or less yards to go uh, over the past two seasons, while recording the fourth most conversions in college football over that span. That was sixty nine. So that means he's not going to be a guy that NFL staffs take out at the take out at the goal line. My, my thing with Charbonnet is I say, you know, he's hard to bring down through the line of scrimmage because he has this natural ability to shed tacklers. He's got these piston pumping knees that people just don't want to get, like they don't want to get their, their, even their face mask jacked with one of these things. He just has a lot of leg drive, a whole lot of power, um, a real weight room guy, but where he, you know, people say he doesn't have lateral agility. I'm not sure that that's not, I'm not sure that's true. He had a good three cone. He had a perfectly average short shuttle, right? Um, I mean, I don't know that he doesn't have lateral, lateral agility. I just think he doesn't need to use it as much as just some of these guys, maybe. Yeah. I think it, when he gets to the second level, he he can get bogged down coming into to interactions with those, with those linebackers and those DBs. Well, he tends, he to, slows he tends down. to lean on his power maybe yeah. more than he should. He well, he'll just he'll just kind of lower his shoulder and go into those things. He'll drive his legs. He'll fall forward. Um, you know, as far as just open field elusiveness, you don't see it quite as much with Zach Charbonnet. And 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 the way that I sort of square that in my mind, and don't worry about it, is that you know he's he he runs a four five. Uh, he ran a uh, he was a four five three forty. So it's fine, right? It's not going. It's not home run speed. So it's like he's not going to be running past those corners anyway, right? 
but we know coming in, he's not going to be a guy who could turn a little pole, you know, just into a complete house call. Right. But he's an awesome zone running back that penetrates that lane is decisive, man. He gets upfield and he's not going to leave much meat on the bone. He was tied for sixth place among those same 251 running backs we talked about earlier when comparing Eric Gray, sixth place in 2022 for rushes over 10 yards. He had 44 of those. He was fifth in uh, players as far as designed runs over 15 yards. He had those 24 times. So to me, Zach Charbonnet, a top five back in this class, um, possibly top three behind Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. That's where I see him right now. I'm curious, Trashman, your thoughts on Charbonnet. What did you think when you uh, What did you think when you saw him? And then you, we could you could talk about, you know, if you're with me, thinking maybe RB three. Um, how you compare him to Kendra Miller? How you compare him to Roshan? How you compare him to A Chain? Some of the rest of these guys that we sort of have floating around in, in that top five discussion. I mean, yeah, just big body back who can catch. I mean, with who can catch the ball and run around really, really well. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I compare him to the Matt Forte, another big back who can get the y- yards in between the tackles, be your goal line back, but that can be really integrated into the, you know, the passing game. I mean, there's just not much to, I, what, what are your cons? What do you, what do you not like about him? There wasn't really anything particular that I saw that I didn't like about him. I mean, he, like you said, he wasn't that – you didn't really see a lot of his agility uh, on tape. But, you know, I don't think I, – I, I don't think it's necessarily because it's not there. I just – you know, he kind of cedes to his power and those, you know, those churning legs and the way that he finishes forward. But really, I mean, yeah, you have a big back like that that can catch passes. I mean – you know, I just hope it's not like a Derrick Henry situation where somebody doesn't recognize that at the next level. Oh, they're not going to do it. Be- well, because with Derrick Henry, they, they, like it wasn't part of the reason that you drafted him. We didn't really see it in college the way that we saw it on, on just there at the pro day, right? Derrick Henry yeah. pro day was the epic receiving show that he put on, right? With yeah. Charbonnet, you know, a lot of people thought that he wasn't going to come back for his senior season. One of the reasons he said he came back was to – really show off you know what, what what he thought was a really key part of his skill set which was which was the way that he can be a receiver so uh, he showed it he did it in spades as far as i'm concerned so my question to you trash man is, is it is it Bijan robinson jameer gibbs zach charbonnet i mean you i mean you could i mean yeah you could argue for charbonnet for number two in my opinion
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.